welcome back to yet another episode of Full Kit Banter FKB. My name is Pascal. I'm your host for this evening, unless you're watching in the morning, that is. Um, tonight is kind of a throwback to our first few episodes of this podcast. It's just me and Sash. Sash, who uh, missed last week as well because of work commitments. But yeah. Lionel stepped life, in. Very life, very man. Life just. <laughs> Lionel stepped life in. Life is unexpected. Mm. Much like football, yep. which. This what this podcast is about. Mm. But uh, before we jump into the games, right, I figured uh, one thing I've been doing re- in recent apps is I've just kind of been jumping the gun and going straight to the games, which feels a bit aggressive. Mm-hmm. So I thought I'd like, just chat for a bit, you know, like, like you get up to watching any like football this weekend besides Chelsea and, and I mean, Liverpool. We, we, we meme about F1 a bit, you know, I'm sure you know <laughs> there was like the Imola Grand Prix. Uh, do you catch any of that? I know it was clashing with the Chelsea game, so I was kind of flicking through both oh, of them. Oh, I, I didn't. I totally forgot that, that there was I F1. mean, it's, it's a good thing you didn't, because mm. your boy Charles really did not have the best of times. Oh, man. It's That's probably his first his first big kind of error of the season. Big, big L of the season, yeah. He's yeah, but pretty I, young, I mean, right? Ricardo, <laughs> Ricardo got like 18, so that should put a smile on your face. Always does, man. For the record, uh, <laughs> Sash is not the biggest fan of Daniel Ricardo. I don't know why, but... Uh, no, I thought you, you do. I thought you do. You guys do know why. Like We know why, we know why, but... Mm, I mean, just, just <laughs> I a little... Just a little context for the... Uh, listeners right because i started watching you drive to survive on netflix i think of course was it last year yeah so probably um, the year before when he when he was still mm, at renault right yeah when he was at renault correct so um basically this whole documentary just gives a close-up look on like how the team principals and how the drivers you know carry out themselves on a day-to-day basis so i was texting one of them i said that um i feel that when I first saw Daniel Ricardo, right, like my fraud radar was <laughs> absolutely pinging through the roof, and I I do remember you can just check the re- you can check the receipts. Yeah, yeah. I can say that yeah. oh, dude, this Daniel Ricardo guy, he looks absolutely fraudulent. And I mean, to the credit of you guys, you guys didn't really spoil it for me until you guys let me experience how fraudulent he really was, like through the episodes, lah. So, so um, he basically dicked Renault. <laughs> He digged them pretty he, hard. He did kind of dig them over. Yeah, there. dude. And to be fair, he has had a really bizarre few years. But that one win, um, I forget where. Where the recent he won one? last season was it yeah, Monaco? He won a race. Was, was it Monaco? Monaco? I think it was Monaco. Hmm. I I'm not really sure. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. He won yeah. and no, that was, was the really race fun. where like like. People kept everyone crashing, kinda right? Effed up. Yeah, yeah, everyone right. kind of effed up. So, so he won. I mean, like, you, you need to take your, your chances, but yeah, I, I do agree. Ricardo mm. can be a bit of a fraud, but um, <laughs> this team that we're about to bring up certainly aren't frauds. Transitioning to the football, if you guys didn't notice. Um, also, quick shout out to BK and Nate, both uh, much like Sash last week. Life gets in the way, mm-hmm. um, but I'm sure they will be listening attentively and. It's just a shame because both their sides actually played played each other. Yeah, but that's what we are here for today. Yeah, we'll, we'll try to opinions. we'll try to channel what we think. We'll try to paint a mental picture mm. of what happened if you didn't watch the game. But anyway, Wait, are you are you gonna be the are you gonna be the Arsenal rep or the United rep? Are you I'm gonna just channel gonna be the rep? <laughs> I'm just gonna call it like I saw it. Oh, you're gonna be. I'm gonna be a McDonald's rep, man. 
Like if you guys have sure. just to go off a tangent a little, if you guys have not like had the, the breakfast wrap. <laughs> that was random as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> but go go for it. Go for it. Yeah. I mean my my favorite item during the McDonald's breakfast hours is will forever be the uh, sausage muffin with egg. Uh, but Ooh. a close second would be the breakfast wrap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This feels like an episode of French Sock I did a while back. <laughs> Good times. Don't get me started um, yeah, on that, that's breakfast, kinda, that's like a That's like a multiverse like, <laughs> kind of thing. But anyway, uh-huh. um, that being said, damn it, now you got me craving McDonald's. But yeah, on to the first uh, item on our list today. Man City against Watford. I think men, most people knew exactly what was going to happen. Um, I think I told a friend of mine this was going to end up 5 nothing, And I was close. 5-1. Watford did troll us for a little bit with a glimmer of hope. But that was very quickly shut down by a Rodri Howitzer. But as good as Rodri and your KDBs were in that game, there was only one man that we we're going to talk about. And that's Gabriel Jesus. Um, kind of been out in the cold a little bit this season. Started out on the right wing for much of the early parts of the season, then kind of faded into the background until recently, scoring a goal against Liverpool of all people, and then just putting in an all-action di- display against Watford. So I actually wanted to ask BK this, but since he's not here, I'll ask you this. Do you think Jesus has a future at Man City, especially with the rumoured arrivals slash confirmed arrivals of Erling Haaland? It's not just Erling Haaland, it's... um. The other kid, I can't remember his name, but he's an Argentine, nineteen year old wonder kid. Something. Oh, the one that the guy they like, bought already, right? Yeah, similar to um, there, right? yeah, similar to when Jesus first came from Palmarias, that nineteen year old wonder kid. I'm not saying that right. the the new guy would follow the footsteps of Jesus. I mean, we're not really sure, but if Haaland definitely, I mean, if Haaland signs for City, he'll definitely be. You know the main guy and the Argentine kid would definitely be the backup Julian striker. Al- Julian Alvarez, by the Julian, way. Oh, Julian Julian Alvarez. Alvarez. Yeah. Okay. Uh, thanks Alvarez. for com- yeah. Thanks for confirming the name because I didn't want to be fraudulent. Anyhow, right? yeah, yeah, I didn't yeah, want to channel sure, sure. the Daniel Ricardo in me. Right. Crick Crick Burley vibes. <laughs> so fun fact. Um, the last time. A Man City striker scored four goals and provided one assist was I think back in the 2017-18 season. Wait, 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 let me guess, let me guess, let me mm. guess, let me guess. 2017, yeah. 2017-18. Or was it 18-19? Was it Edin yeah. Zeko? Nope. Okay. He was probably gone by then. Yeah. Ah, that was my guess. <laughs> from the same <laughs> continent though. He's from the same continent as Jesus. That's a big uh, clue. Aguero? Uh, yeah, Aguero. Mm. So yeah, it's something about yeah. Watford and just them Wait, bending over. Was it over also for... against Watford? Yeah, it was also against Watford. Oh my god. Yeah. yeah. Something about Watford and bending over backwards for, for Man City strikers. La. Just love to do also, that. Also, one, just one quick point to Watford. Are they down? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> Glad we is, got is, that out. Is Hoxson going to inspire you? <laughs> Don't think so, man. Bro, I, I actually... <laughs> Thought they were better under Ranieri, man. Yeah, hands down. Even even with um, oh my god, I'm blanking on the first manager's name. Silva. Marco was it Silva? Silva? Yeah. No, 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 no. No. That Marco Silva wasn't this season. It was some other one. He had like one one name. Was it um? Jeez. 
<laughs> Forget it Doesn't matter But he lasted like 5 games I thought mm. Ranieri Had a bit of something Despite You know I mean what, what Hodgson came in to kind of Stabilize Stop the goals leaking in But they just conceded more And they just stopped scoring So That's been an abject fail The difference between Ranieri and uh, Hodgson was that um, Based on social media right The fans actually Preferred They actually liked Ranieri and after, it's hard not to like Ranieri. Right. And like, they brought Hoxton back from retirement. It's, this guy is just not going to inspire anyone. I mean, they did have maybe one or two good results. I mean, we can just label that as new manager bounce, but it quickly faded away. And right now, they're just conceding goals left, right, and center. It's just, I mean, it's hard I to mean, see them not going down. To, to me, the real, um, the game where I felt that they were kind of done mentally was when they got beat 3-0 by Norwich at home. Yep. That to me was a a huge shock and I think they've never really recovered from that. I'm looking at their like fixtures, right? They haven't won a game since then. Oh, they have. They beat Southampton like 2-1 but that's one win in like something like 10 games which, you know, it's pretty diabolical and, mm. and if they lose to Burnley in their next game, I think that will mathematically send them down but, uh, yeah, just the way really poor. The way things are going, could you see anything other than Burnley getting a good result there? <laughs> uh, I mean, currently, you know, um, Ben Mee's... I think th- I think they'll have the win in their sales. So uh-huh. I-, I could see Burnley nicking like one or two nil, mm-hmm. something like that. Mm. Yeah, Watford just looks so They're down done. confidence. Yep. Yeah. They're just done. Also, that manager's name was Cisco. There we ah, go. Ah, Cisco. Cis- right, right. Yes, yes. I knew, I knew it was one word. <laughs> Wait, going back to the Watford manager timeline, it was Cisco after Marco Silva, right? Marco Silva uh, brought them up. I, I think, I think Marco was Silva was a long time ago, man. Jeez. I, I think Cisco is the one who brought them up from from the championship. Oh, okay. It's like after yeah, Marco yeah, yeah. Silva, you had Kike Flores, <laughs> like for a second stint, he got fired. Then it was like Hayden Mullins or something. Oh yeah, man, it was a joke. such a joke, dude. Um, and there was that um former Leicester boss. Oh, Nigel Pearson, the guy. The guy yeah, uh, yeah, Nigel Pearson. Uh, yeah, he, yeah, he got fired like with two games to go. That that was the worst call by far. But um, yeah, we've we've lingered a bit too long on Watford, but I just think that's a really bizarre club just with the way they deal with managers but mm-hmm. uh, big big win for City in the, in the sense that I mean it was expected but the fact that they did it so comfortably while resting a few key players ahead of that um, match against Real Madrid which takes place tomorrow if I'm not wrong Wednesday morning for us in Singapore but I mean they, obviously they're, they're going for the league as well but we both know, even your brother said it, that um, more City fans are eyeing that UCL as are the players. So it'll be interesting to see how they perform against Real Madrid and then come back again um, in the next match. I Leeds. They play, they play after Liverpool and Leeds away is always a weird one. Mm-hmm. Um, I still expect them to comfortably win, but I do think Leeds should put up more of a fight than Watford, especially now... Leeds do find themselves in a bit of a mess. Yep. Um, still relatively safe, but the way things are going, they could get dragged back in, man. So, it, I, I think we'll have to see how 
City come out unscathed against Real Madrid. You know, hopefully no injuries on their part. But uh, yeah, potentially could not stretch. It really depends what Liverpool do next week. But um, perhaps Leeds away is not the game you would really fancy to heap too much pressure on them. But mm-hmm. stranger things have happened. Yep. I mean, since we're on the topic of Liverpool, why not just go straight into it? Or do you want us sure. to, you know, talk about the Arsenal I, United game? Uh, we, let's let's get to Arsenal after that mm. that that terrorist football match <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> um, I did want to ask BK about because I wanted to talk a bit more about Jesus, and there were rumors that Arsenal were interested in him. So I guess I'll just ask you: Do you think Jesus? is the type of player who would thrive at an Arsenal. But, okay, I'll, I'll let you go first, but I have some mm. thoughts of my own in regards to that. Okay, because firstly, I think the links are a lot more concrete than you know regular hearsay. Because Jesus is on his last year of his contract, I think, or rather his final two years, and he has no intention of renewing it based on what his agent has said. Secondly... Um, it's been r- reported that Jesus and um, Arteta have a very close relationship. You know, they, you know, back in back when Arteta, Arteta was, was the city the cold assistant, cold when, yeah, <laughs> when he was Pep's, when he was Pep's cold man. So I think um, Arteta really knows what Jesus would contribute sure, to the sure. team if, and if this if they do decide to sign him, and you know, Lacazette's finished, so. Oh yeah, I mean, Arsenal's first priority has to be a, a yeah. striker slash goal scorer, yeah. which will come to my next point. So, because Jesus is 25 this year and he's coming into his peak age, and he can't really possibly playing, be playing second fiddle to um, Erling Haaland if he comes to City because he needs to really hone his trade right now. He's never quite broken out of that second striker role. Exactly. So, yeah, it's just... It's perfectly in line, you know. It's just really if um Arsenal could cough up the cash to um buy Jesus from City because he's not gonna come cheap, you know. Maybe rumors were being even on about his last that. year of his contract. I'm I'm not sure if it's on his last year or if it's his second last year. If it's on his last year, they could possibly get him around. I think the rumored fee is a thirty to forty million. <laughs> yeah, it's kind it's kind of steep. <laughs> Kind of but steep for but for a twenty-five year old Brazilian striker who is adapted to the Premier League and kind of knows how to because um Arteta kind of sets I think the the, yeah, the, the key factor would be the relationship with Arteta yeah yeah right correct and I think definitely the chance of playing first team football week in week out is enticing to Jesus so I could really see why it's you know a match made in heaven for both parties but. Yeah, it really depends on whether the board will grant Arteta. This is also like mm. this is where I'm gonna play devil's advocate. Like all the points you have listed make a lot of sense. The first point I'm gonna list that besides the showing against Watford, Jesus is not necessarily the most clinical of finishers. I spoke to Lionel about this last week. And Arsenal kinda right now need a finisher more than anything. So for 40 mil, I don't know if he's the best option they can get. My second worry with this move would be Arsenal have had like a penchant for signing kind of 
washed <laughs> players from rivals, you would know more than anybody else. So, Jesus is obviously in a much younger age bracket than most of these other players like William and um, I'm blanking on a few, but I'm sure... Check. I'm sure, I'm sure yeah, like, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. This, this age group. So, <laughs> yeah. that will be a step up, but my worry for Jesus is if, if he doesn't hit the ground running, right, a lot of people are going to get on him, get on his case right away. So, while you did list many good points... I just have a few doubts if I was an Arsenal fan, but um, it'll be interesting to see what happens. And I think if he's able to put on a strong showing in these final few games, it will only do his stock a world of good. So mm-hmm. um, all the best to him, man. But, but then again, but like you said, they need a clinical striker, right? So yeah. the only available striker weird, that, yeah, is, yeah. that they can get from, I mean, using the 40 million pound range would be even sure. only from Brentford and yeah, <laughs> yeah to- so uh, Tony's a weird one I still have my doubt I would like to see Tony play one more season mm-hmm. with Brentford because you know it's very easy to like for these players to have like a flash in the pan season but we'll see we'll, I'm sure Arsenal are like linked with like a, a host of striking options so they'll have to be really smart about this but um yeah, and it's almost weird saying that someone's not a clinical finisher after they've just scored four goals. So, um, you guys know what I'm talking about. Like, it's not just one game. <laughs> but anyway. But the four goals that Jesus scored were all, like I said before, reflex finishes. He didn't need to think and to think, place. Yeah. Like, Jesus yeah. is not a striker where when he's out one-on-one, he would tend to miss that more than when it's flying at him at like 100 kilometers yeah, exactly. per hour and he just I mean, look, 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 look at the Liverpool game. The goal he scored was an instinctual first touch mm-hmm. finish. Yep. And then he had, I think, another really good chance but he just kind of over, <laughs> overthought the whole situation and eventually it was blocked. So yep, there you go. <laughs> if he's able to kind of, maybe Arteta will be able to make him a better player. He needs to compose knows, himself more. Mm. Yeah, and maybe, maybe that comes with game time. So yep. It might turn out to be a super move if it happens, but there's still a lot of um, way to go when it comes to that. But uh, that being said, um, from good finishing, we're going to go to more good finishing because my <laughs> man, Divock Origi, could have, it could have been a much, I could have been a much angrier person today if not for that man. Um, mm-hmm. But let's just start from the beginning, man. Like this coming into this game... I, we didn't speak much prior to this match, but I was very quietly confident, A, because Liverpool of late, apart from last season, have had a fantastic record against Everton, especially at home. Um, I knew how poor Everton have been lately, despite getting a few results here and there, especially at home, but I still felt we had enough in our locker to beat them. But... After the first 10 minutes is when I was like, oh boy, this is going to be a very different kind of game. And for everyone who watched it, those 10 minutes, I think in those opening 10 minutes, the ball might have been in play for like only three minutes. Mm-hmm. That was just how diabolical the situation was. But that's the, the thing is... So the thing is that like I was watching it as... Uh, sorry to cut in. I was watching it yeah, as yeah, a neutral sure. fan. And I kind of did enjoy the shithousery by, that, by no, Everton. And that's the thing. <laughs> I understood it. And... To an extent, I respected it because we all know what it's like to come to Anfield. You need to rile those fans up. You need to 
almost make them feel like a sense of injustice. Liverpool fans, um, I don't know if they'll get offended if I say this, or I mean, I'm kind of dissing myself, but we kind of always get very uptight over like you know injustice or like oh like oh it's like anti-football or oh man oh the ref was against us so i thought it was a great game plan obviously not for football purists uh, because some of the shit like richarlison was doing was embarrassing but, yeah that was that was um, bad <laughs> to take the sting out of the game and just frustrate the liverpool players and clock um i thought it was I mean, everyone was comparing Lampard to taking a page out of his mentor's book, right? Jose Mourinho. Mm -hmm. Because Jose did the ultimate Portuguese job um, a few seasons ago, the slip game. How can I forget? That shit haunts me. Um, But that being said, Chelsea did have the players capable of... They had the defensive stability and the, the pace up front to play that game. Like, with Everton, right? I never felt... Like they were going to score. Sure, they did have a few breaks, but wait, when when the Corey broke through, was nah, it a heart and mouth moment for you? Not not really, because if it was Richarlison or Gordon, perhaps. But I knew Ducore didn't have the pace, and once he took that touch wide, like uh, I was a, I was pretty okay. Um, mm-hmm. The one shot I would say was heart and mouth was the. The Marie Gray shot, the one yeah, that, that, that clipped the post from outside the box. Oh no, yeah, he, hit, dude, he hit, hit that that pole thing. Yeah, outside yeah. I was, that one, I was a little bit like, oh wow. Mm. But um, yeah, I I never felt quite worried that Everton were gonna score first. Um, I just knew that things were kicking off like about forty minutes in. There was like a big L- scuffle. literally kicking off, dude. Yeah, yeah, there was a big big scuffle. <laughs> it was um. Oh, Richarlison was on the floor for like the 19th time and I think the referee didn't stop play. So I think the Corey was... The Corey yeah, wanted, he took matters yeah. into his own hands. Yeah, like he, he, he just <laughs> had, he had to stop the... He had to stop play. He hacked um, Fabinho, right? Uh, he hacked somebody. Yeah, it was just blatant as hell. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but like, I think in many ways, Everton might have messed up because they just, they just overdid it a little bit. Like the Pickford shenanigans. I think if they at least tried to tone it down a little bit, the Liverpool players might not have gotten so onside. Because don't get me wrong, we weren't at our best. Uh, but I don't think we had a shot on target until like the 38th minute or something. And even then, that wasn't really a good effort. But I think with all the fighting and stuff going on, that just gave the Liverpool players this lift at halftime. Because um, you could just see on their faces that they were like, "Oh man, like this is not happening. Like we're gonna get, we're gonna set this straight." And even after watching Everton United, the the game that they recently won, I think it was more down to United's lack of firepower than Everton actually putting up like a, you know, like a Goliath display at the back. So I always mm-hmm. felt like we would have a chance to get through, and sure enough. Um, we managed to play our way through. Um, I thought the substitutions were brilliant. Uh, I think, and I think Klopp has gotten his substitutes right recently, um, very often, especially the timing of them. Um, the first goal, I thought Origi just—it was a very deft touch and move. But I thought just that little bit of movement to draw Michael Keane, and then play back to Salah was just what we needed to carve Everton open. So. 
once it was 1-0, I think um, we were pretty comfortable, apart from the Damari Gray strike, and then the icing on the cake was just that man, that man, Devok, getting his customary Everton goal. Great assist and by then, Diaz, though. Oh, man, Diaz, like, I don't really know why he did that, but whatever, like, it, if it works, well, it works. It, yeah, right? it works. And also, exactly. um, that, that death touch, man. From, um, the Neymar touch? Oh, yeah, yeah. that was, that was, uh, that was, that was mm. extra crispy. And you could just feel, like, um, when he came on, there was a, a change in the air around the stadium. Like, I, I, I do rate Coleman a lot. Like, I have a lot of respect for Coleman, but let's be real. He's not the Coleman he was, like, maybe five years ago. Yeah. And Diaz was just having a field day. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think actually not starting him might have been the better choice because now you have Coleman who's already worn down and you have a guy he's never played against. And that was just kind of all she wrote. And yeah, I, I, I'm just delighted with the win. Um, not even taking into account the fact that Everton are in the bottom three now. That's just like a little cherry on top, but um, more delighted that we are keeping... The pressure on Man City. Yeah, but just a random question to to yourself and questions. and the listeners, right? Mm-hmm. I know that um, you know when you're watching Ronaldo. football, we always want no no. You know when you're watching football, oh. we always want to watch a typical great, you know, two great footballing sides going at it, right? But you know, you know, deep down, like I do like a little bit of um, rough houseery from. From sure, like a, a little bit of Derby. like, yeah, yeah. I, I yeah. do like that. Like, you know, it's kind of frowned upon when you know both teams play sort of uh terrorist like, like when one team is trying <laughs> to dominate the ball and the other team is playing very terrorist like football. I mean, I'm, I'm a week, weekly watcher of, of you know my team playing football, terrorist football <laughs> tactics, so I'm kind of quite um attuned to, to what I'm watching, but you know, it's kind of nice to see a little bit of fight, like literal fight sometimes because mm. I, I do compare, you know, the, the teams of the, the yesteryear, you know, your when your Beckhams, your Gerrards and your Lampards in their prime and especially Rooney, like these teams, they they knew how to win ugly and by winning ugly is like, I, I, I can't really count the number of times like um, I've seen really, really scruffy one nails. One of it was, um, I mean, just to, to quote my own team, for example, it was Portsmouth away to... When Chelsea were playing Portsmouth away, it was... I oh, do wow, remember I was watching... and a half. Yeah, like, we were donning the white kit and it was raining, you know. It was absolutely pouring. The pitch was unplayable. <laughs> and there was absolutely no football being played. Like, Portsmouth, at the point of time, they were betting relegation. So they... I, I can't remember who... Was it Avram Grant? I think Avram Grant that was the... Is Possibly was Avram Grant because that was the he yeah. was in charge when they went down. Basically, both teams were not playing football. Like it, firstly, um, Portsmouth they they didn't want to. They just wanted to cling on to the dear life for a point. Whereas yeah. Chelsea they couldn't because firstly, Portsmouth elements. didn't let them, and yeah, it was raining, so zero football was being played. But what ultimately got us over and got us the one 0 win was basically fight. Like it was physical. It was like Stoke City versus like prime Stoke City versus Bolton and ultimately our physicality was what got us to win but right now 
because the way that football is evolving. It was a real it was a real Brexit tie, la, is what mm, you're saying. Correct. Brexit football at its best. I, th- I feel that teams right now they are too nice. Mm. There is sure. no real like um fire. Like I, I, I know it's it's not something that football players would, would like. But I I like deep down, right? I, I do really like a little scuffle think, now and then. I think you have you have a good point. And I think every sort of title winning side, right? Maybe not the whole team needs that mentality, but you need a few players who can do that kind of dirty jobs mm-hmm. for you. Correct. Um I mean it's something that Arsenal have been criticized for like what the best part of a decade for being. Mm-hmm. You know, you nice. know Arsenal when they yep. had when they had Fabregas and like Kleb and like Nasri and all these yep. like pretty footballers. They didn't have that nasty guy in that team. Mm-hmm. And I remember it was like a weekly topic. They were like, oh, Arsenal are too nice. You know, they don't have that that hatchet man. Yep. Um, so I do agree. Like And like I said, if the result was to finish nil-nil, um, I would have been much more like annoyed. But at the same time, Everton, Lampard is like, as much as I kind of discredit and joke about Lampard being a manager, like I have a lot of respect for the guy. And... He's an intelligent man. Like he knows that toe to toe, we would have wiped the floor with Everton. Like, no doubt. If he wanted to play like open, f- open football, like yeah, they might have scored, but we would have probably netted like five. So, he did what he had to do. Um, it was more of, um, I know it's pretty cliche to say, but he tried to get the Everton players to, roughhouse you guys into playing the occasion, and not like the game yeah. itself. It's like a game of poker almost. You play the mm. man, right? You don't play yep. the cards. Correct. Yeah. And to his, to, to his credit, he almost succeeded. But like I mentioned earlier, I think it's almost ironic because I think perhaps it was a bit overdone, which might have been Everton's <laughs> undoing. <laughs> yep. Much like Atletico in a way. Atletico kind of... They, they, they kind of played themselves. Like all the time wasting perhaps. Oh dude, they are prime football terrorists, man. <laughs> but the funny thing about Atletico is they actually have world class players, so it's just funnier to see. But, um, yeah, I think if if there are any Everton fans listening to this, or just Everton fans in general, the one thing I would say is that they never gave up, even at one nil. You know, you could tell there was a bit of confusion because the whole game plan was to frustrate, right? But at one nil down, what do you do? You have to then go for the you have, you then have to try and go for an equalizer, but. I don't think they had the personnel on the pitch who I what yeah ever but truly believed that they were gonna score. I feel that if Anthony Gordon, who in my opinion was mm. Everton's man of the match, if he were I know this I is re- his first I season. Guy. Yeah, I know yeah. I know this is his first season playing like Premier League football. If he was maybe two or three years more mature, in in that sense I mean two or three years more experienced playing in the Premier League, I think he would have done better with the runs that he made and the decision making, yeah, because he he was um he had Trent on toes, not just Trent, you ah. know, he had Fabinho on toes a couple of times as well. Like there was one where he was like clean through and someone just Is ran and hacked him down. Just, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah he Trent. just hacked him down. <laughs> that was Trent. Yeah, <laughs> I thought I thought Trent recovered. Um, I do agree. He was getting the better of Trent early on. There was like that penalty shout. Mm-hmm. The one he got booked. That was the first penalty shout. Not much mm-hmm. of a shout because it was pretty obvious. Yeah, it was a dive. Yeah, the second one, the the Matip one, I am like, uh, it was kind of 
clutching at straws. Like we've seen them given, but I think for him to be so adamant that it was a pen, I think that's a bit naive. But mm-hmm. um, that's just obviously I'm biased, you know. But yeah, he impressed me. I do agree. Um, I think who was the other guy? There were two Everton players who kind of had went through, but kind of botched it. It will be. Oh Iwobi yeah, you will be. Yeah. <laughs> of course, yes, you will be. Um, I mean, my brother has a field day talking about Iwobi's lack of football <laughs> like IQ, so that just proves his he's, point. Um, to be fair, he's um, he shows enthusiasm. He's, he's a work call. Yeah, he's, he, he he's tries. Eager, he's eager. He, he's eager. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He, he tries. He tries. <laughs> <laughs> like that's all I can say, bro. But he's not. He's not good enough, lah. Like, mm. I mean, it is what it is, but uh. For Everton, what who have they got next? They got you guys, right? At Goodison. Yeah. Yep. That, uh, do you want do you have true. anything to chime in on that? What do you, how do you think that's gonna go? Um You hmm. can use the match against West Ham as a barometer if you want. I thought that match was pretty drab, if I'm being completely honest. The Both teams Everton, are kind of on holiday. Pretty good at home, right? Wouldn't be surprised they've been, if they, they... they've been able to grind results out. Which is kind of all you can hope for at this point. Oh, if you're gonna do a mini segue to, um, that, I I think I'll possibly help you or set you up for that. But, uh, I do feel that we have a better chance on scoring more at Old Trafford than we do at mm. Goodison Park. Because firstly, our record at Goodison Park is absolutely Trish. horrendous yeah, like it doesn't matter where Everton are in the form table plus you guys might have a soft spot for Frank you know mm. like, oh man Mr. we don't want to send Frank. we don't want to send our boy, boy yeah. down yeah, yeah so yeah, um, that, wouldn't, that be surpri- <laughs> wouldn't be surprised if Everton beat us honestly it wouldn't come as a shock because lately I, I mean you're gonna talk about football terrorism right like Chelsea under Tuchel we are like the pioneers of that yeah this is such a I don't want to say it's a hot take, but this really is like interesting to me. I find it fascinating because what 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 about it? The f- I don't really think you guys. I I actually quite enjoy watching Chelsea play. Like I don't know if I'm. Oh tripping, come on, like, man! I'm serious. I'm being serious. <laughs> Maybe not with the current personnel. Okay, but I again, remember. Like, like, have you like watched? When you guys. Okay, have you watched Chelsea play? Any other like team late, besides Liverpool? Lately, <laughs> I watched the Real Madrid one. Okay, I thought you guys you are good against Real Madrid. Watch, watch us when we play <laughs> teams who sit back and defend in a okay. low block. There is absolutely. I want to gorge my eyes out, man. But then, but then, the, okay, like that's actually a great point because I'm I'm with you. Like I've it's only like kind of this season where Liverpool have figured out how to kind of beat the low block. Like mm-hmm. that was us, pretty much the whole of last season. But why? Why? Okay, well, like I kind of want to understand why yep. you you put okay. more of the blame on Chelsea rather than the actual teams that are sitting so deep. Okay, the reason why we are so good in cup competitions is firstly we are a counter attacking side. So usually, mm. uh, in those cup competitions, right, we usually play teams that actually want to play football. And if you actually want to play football, you have to play a higher line because right now the current football meta in terms of tactics is to press your opponent. And so in order to force turnovers, the front three and your back line would have to squeeze up. It's kind of like a a choke hole. So you make Mm. the pitch as small as possible, hence you tend to increase the chances of of your opponents misplacing a pass. 
hence leading to a turnover and then leading to just blitzing them right blitzing them yep so which is why Chelsea are so fun to watch when it comes to European competitions as well as like the recent uh, big, big league games, cup big games unquote, yeah, especially yeah. against Liverpool because yeah. we we tend to do well against you guys because of the space you leave behind so players like Mount uh, Havertz Werner they're able to find and create more than usual because if there's space you definitely have runners and they are they tend to be better than your average player in terms of making decisions which is why they're playing for an elite club like a top 6 club basically but then when it comes to taking the initiative right uh, especially the home games against uh, Echo's lesser, bottom lesser opposition lesser yeah. opposition sure. who sure. are not With as ambitious respect. yeah are not as ambitious and just want to hold out for the point we struggle because we we don't make good runs we don't really know how to break down low blocks we don't make good runs we don't really have any attacking patterns to break down a low block. And, and ha- this wait, has has this been a problem recently or has this been something you've noticed for quite a while now? It wasn't that Because I, I I'll be the first to admit I'm mm. not a you know, I'm not a weekly Chelsea watcher. I usually yep. watched him during ironically during the big game, so which is probably why I'm not why I'm not seeing what you're seeing. <laughs> Thank God, right? Anyway, yeah. Um, so to me it's like oh what are you talking about they're okay, so because, fun to watch because it's yeah. not like it's not like I've not seen Chelsea not play against the low block because we have been under so many different managers like um, sure yeah. your Mourinho's your Ancelotti's your Saris your uh, Villas Boas's when J- Jose when he came back again and right now and under, wait, Antonio Conte and now under Tuchel the three the three times goose hitting was at the club Yep. <laughs> so yeah, under Carlo Ancelotti, on. right? Like, definitely there will be certain occasions where teams park the bus, but it's because of how Ancelotti coached us, and the players seem to know what they were doing. That uh, we were able to break teams down with ease. But right now, right, even under Antonio Conte, who I- I'm I'm guessing kind of made the uh back five po- position, uh, one of the more more mainstream formations right now. And the things yeah, that we he was probably the first one who had really good success with five at the back. Yeah. yeah go on. And the thing is that, yeah, you could say that he had Eden Hazard, but then again, you need to know how to polish your tools. You need to know how to make them click. And with a back five, right, you might think, oh, it's a defensive formation, but it's not. It really depends on how you set the team up and how yeah. you basically train how you every transition, day. transition, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so under Antonio Conte, we were very attacking even though we were a back five on side. paper more defensive on paper yeah. Then, yeah sure because everyone knew what they were doing everyone knew how to find how to spot the runners whereas in this Chelsea team right like whenever we come up with a low block especially against teams like your Wolves your Brighton for a certain certain extent um, and even right now the West Ham right? when I saw that West Ham lineup and I saw that we were up against a back five I thought Damn, we're gonna definitely gonna struggle because the last time we struggled against a team that played backfire was Newcastle. We were really lucky to win it at the end, and it's pretty similar Deja vu, in terms yeah. of occasions. Yeah, we won it at the end as well. And I know that a lot of uh, okay, Lukaku, right? I I know that he hasn't had a great season right now, and 
that interview that he did with Sky Sports didn't help at all Italia, because basically Sky Italia. Yeah, basically the mistakes that he made was kind of amplified due to the interview that he gave from Sky Sports. Like yeah. he's basically a lightning rod for criticism. I I we, said we this kind to of, you before we started recording. Like yeah. he and Pogba for some reason are just any they could do anything and they will get shit for it. Like I'm not defending either of them, but mm-hmm. I just feel sometimes the criticism's a bit harsh, specifically towards the two of them. Yeah, you, but yeah, like like Maguire on. as well. Like someone else could basically mess up at the other end of the pitch, and you wouldn't really harp upon it. But it's if Lukaku, the, the price yeah. tag, if the price tag is above a certain amount, you're straight away you have like a huge target on your forehead. Yeah, yeah, and with that interview that he did, it's just a double whammy, man. Just. Sure. Like, you know, damage amplification times four. And I think that happened also right when you guys were in a bit of a slump. So it was like just... The timing was horrible. Mad, man. mad emotional damage, like, yeah. everywhere. Yeah. So... Basically... Yeah, and he hasn't quite recovered from yeah, that. Yeah, his reputation with the Chelsea fans has not recovered. <sighs> and I can't really put all the blame on Lukaku because it's a little bit due to l- him not having the proper supporting cast. Like, I was talking to you offline about it. I have actually noticed that Lukaku makes great runs, but no one seems to be able to find him or seems to be able to want to pass to him and anticipate, I mean, anticipate his runs and pass to him. Kovacic was a big miss because other than him and Ziyech on certain occasions, no one else seems to want to pass Sees to Lukaku. Pass. Yeah. I'm not sure it's because of... um. I think it's a little bit of both. It's poor coaching from Tuko. And secondly, <laughs> I, I think it's a little bit because um he's a bit of a black sheep right now. Like you know, but when you play I, in football, right? Like let's like when we play um in school, like mm. if you don't like this person, you tend to not want to pass to him, right? It's psychological. Sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I and instantly thought of a few people in my head, <laughs> but yeah, go on. Yeah, then again a few occasions, right? Like at the end when uh, Chelsea were leading 1-0 and we were going for that second goal to wrap things up. That was the one Lukaku, with Mount, right? Yeah, I Mount, was just thinking about Mount that, could yeah. have slipped in Lukaku. Lukaku was like screaming for the ball and I I, I agree with you. That was a uh, yeah. pretty and, and, straightforward. Yeah. And one more, it was, I think Ziyech. Like, Lukaku made another great run. Ziyech can just put him through but he chose the wrong option and decided to shoot. This just infuriates me because mm. it, must, it must infuriate him as him as well. Exactly. So it, in, it's not, in his mind, he's doing his job, right? Yep. But they're just not finding him, and to put all the blame on Lukaku is just not fair. I mean, he was the one that won the penalty, but that Jorginho miss. So oh god. Yeah. In terms of if if he's gonna like Lukaku is gonna run at a defender, right? Like most of the time, unless you're like Van Dijk or Diaz or Laporte. Most of the time, he's going to win that battle. As yep. pretty much evident by Dawson pulling him down and getting that red card. So, what a shame. Though. I thought Dawson was having a, a great game. Yeah, he was. He was pissing me off with all his blocks. And it's ironic that when he was gone, that's where Pulisic found that pocket of space. So Dawson would have been yeah. there. Yeah. Yep. Dawson would have been the guy Daw- Dawson's up. actually really underrated, man. Yeah. He's the uh, English and- Maldini. <laughs> is, he even, is he even English? I thought he's like Scottish or something. I think it's English. It's English, yeah. right? Should mm. get called up, man. Yeah. At what, like 34? <laughs> <laughs> I say fuck it, bring him to the World Cup. Why not just replace Maguire with Dawson, man? I mean, 
I'm not opposed to that. I don't think many England fans would be opposed to that. But uh, yeah, actually, yeah. like I I do have a much clearer picture now of what you're talking about, and okay, I okay, just I just watch us when we play Everton. Yeah, yeah. just watch us uh, when we play Everton. Sure, <laughs> why not? <laughs> why not? Yeah, is the basic lack of training that like is the lack of emphasis on on attacking patterns, you know. That I I don't know I don't really know what we work on during training. It's just the same thing. Like when you play against a low block, we just do sideways passing, and nothing much really happens in terms of attacking play until, like, I think the sixtieth minute when you're really chasing a game and we think that all oh, right, we really need the three points, so we mm-hmm. really need to up our game. Like why can't we do that from the first minute? I just don't understand. Why do we have to put things right at the last minute? And <laughs> we almost we almost mess it up for ourselves. And I thought, alright, that's that's it. There's two points gone until you know the LeBron James of soccer turned up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so cheers cheers to that man. Cheers to Great that. finish by the way. And then mm. it was a goal he needed as well because he's kind of been in the wilderness of yeah. late. Um mm-hmm. but like I mean, really quickly before we move on to Arsenal United, like um, it's actually kind of a nice segue because we saw two of these penalties missed this weekend. The hop step penalty, which I absolutely detest <laughs> in the passion. So seeing both those penalties fluffed did put a smile on my face. Um, Bruno, a, bit, a little bit more unfortunate, but Jorginho's pen, man. This dude used to be unstoppable from the spot, but now it's like, I think can't this, convert. Is what, yeah. this is his second or third spot kick he's missed in a row or something, man. Yep. He just doesn't look like confident anymore. And if I if I were Tuchel, I would have just put Lukaku can take a mean penalty. Put Lukaku on pens. No nonsense. Just blast it, you know, down the middle or like the either corner. Enough of this hop step bullshit, man. The sooner like this stops, right, the the better it will be for the game. Yeah, there has to be a movement. No hop skip penalties. Pogba's like, like I'm gonna be like Graham Sooners and Pogba's the one who started this whole bullshit with his like infinite <laughs> run up. Do you remember that? <laughs> yep, yep, yep. He would like take like a whole minute to like run up, but yeah, it's a penalty, guys. Just leather it like Kane and Vardy. It's not <laughs> that deep. Please just stop with the hop steps. But with that said, on to um Arsenal Man United. First game of the weekend. Um really entertaining game I must say and um, it almost felt like a B-Tech City versus Liverpool <laughs> it's like the entertainment was there but the quality was lacking in many um, areas but I, I I thought United I don't know if you watched the game um, I watched the whole match and I thought United woke up after being 2-0 down but could have easily gone to uh, gone level or even taken the lead but um, huge win for Arsenal, especially what happened with Spurs. We did, we did kind of call it Spurs. The moment they got in front, somehow managed to fluff it up, and uh, it's kind of expected. Uh, like we all called, like literally, I I called it. <laughs> yeah, I mean to be fair. Okay, sorry, Nate. I'm just I have to do this now because he put it in all caps. Um, Nate said mention Zaza for the penalty thing. Uh, was it Simone Zaza, right? The bald, bald. Yeah, from, I do uh, remember that vividly. I mean, just a little tangent because. Yeah. Do you remember the bet I I had with you? Like um. 
Italy we have a lot reach, of bets. Italy to reach the <laughs> semi-final, I think. Like, I won, I won the previous bet. So, you was like, why not just roll it over and bet it on um, Italy to reach the final or semi-final? I can't remember which one it was. I remember you and said also, Italy yeah, were dark horses and yeah. I was like, okay, cool. No, 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 no not, not this one. I think it was the... Was it the World Cup? For the Euros? I can't remember which one. Either the Euros or the World Cup. But Italy yeah. haven't been in a World Cup in a while. So. Or was it? No, it was the previous Euros, <laughs> I think. Could have been sure. the previous Euros. Okay. Yeah. Not not this Euros. The yeah, one that I was Portugal a, won? Yeah. I was a Simon Zaza penalty kick away from catching in like big bucks. Oh god! It, oh, it was the Ant- when Antonio Conte. Oh, the one they lost to. Uh, they lost to Germany, right? Yeah, it was the pen. It was. Oh, that was penalties. a crazy penalty shootout. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yes, yes, yes. Correct, correct. Why did he hop step it? No, he, he did like the, Pogba, run up. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. The the hell of memes, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I remember that. Mm-hmm. He took like. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, I remember that. Jeez, um, I'm gonna post that on the account just cause. Cost me money, not, dude. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I know. It happens, uh, dude. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It happens, man. So um, to circle back, um, where United, we, uh, United, United are, United yeah. are bad. United are bad at 2-0 down. I, I know you had something to say about Teles, so I'll, I'll just dig right into that. First oh. goal, um, the, like, the last thing you want to do is concede three minutes when you're away from home. I had barely gotten my beer out of the fridge and sat <laughs> down and I saw like Tavares like he can't, like Tavares is so bad he can't even celebrate properly like dude couldn't even do a knee slide so <laughs> whatever good goal um, but really shouldn't have happened that easily man like mm. first Varane air kicks it remember Varane like he's back he's, From, gonna, be, uh, he's gonna be gone next week again so yep. who the hell he's gonna knows? be gone after Chelsea and it's just how he is the, like, men- the menses of football he's just whatever <laughs> you guys then, laugh you guys laugh when I said it <laughs> <laughs> Look. I mean, fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> like, I, I, I shouldn't sound so surprised anymore with your like takes, but um, mm. Teles then air kicks it as well. This is horrible. The hair makes a great save, but unfortunately for him, uh, I think Dalo was like sleeping at the back post. Might be I, I, I don't wanna. I'll take that back. I can't, I can't confirm if it was Dalo. It might, but someone was asleep at the back post, and then uh, Tavares <laughs> just had a tap in. So, the last thing you want. And then, yeah, like, we can go into Teles now if you want, since I, I know you have a bit to say about him. I think it's just a short summarized one. Like, in the top six, right, I never thought I would find someone who is, in terms of one-on-one, in terms of ball recoveries, right, who is even worse than Marcus Alonso, when played in a back four, of course. Until I saw Alex Teles' performance. Like, he was um a goal-scoring defender from... Porto. Was it Porto, right? So yeah, I understand why um, Ole decided to pick Shaw over Teles because the guy can't defend, man. It's just horrific. Yeah, and I, I know I was saying after the United-Everton game that Teles was their only outlet attacking-wise mm-hmm. and I still stand by that, but after watching the Arsenal game, I, I too agree that <laughs> defending is a lot to be desired. Great technique. He has a mm. wicked left foot. But so did Alberto Moreno. So... Yeah. Bosingo was kind of like... Bosingo was kind of okay. Bosingo as well. Like, um, you could say the same with Yuri Zerkov. 
Nate, 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 I know you're listening to this. Tell <laughs> tell me I'm wrong that Teles is not the new Alberto Moreno. <laughs> but I, I I still like him, but yeah, the Arsenal game was just a bit it's pretty damning, man. And now like, you know, the Maguire missed that game, so yes, that doesn't eradicate Mara- uh, that doesn't not eradicate. It doesn't excuse Maguire's mistakes, but that just shows that collectively United have a problem defensively. It's not just Maguire, although he does his best to make things difficult for his team, but that's certainly a big issue, like just collectively in that defense. Okay, I'm gonna and put my hands up and say that I didn't watch the game, but sure, um, yeah. From what I've heard, right, United didn't really play that badly. I mean, defensively they were <laughs> atrocious, but they were kind of in the game, you know, like if Fernandes had decided to Like I said, bro, up. they uh, they could have easily been level or even taken the lead. Like they hit the they hit the bar twice. Mm. Arsenal wrote their luck. It's almost like okay, I'm just gonna like get this out of the way because I'm looking at like the live chat. It's not really a live chat, it's like a group chat, but live chat <laughs> sounds cooler. Um Teles could be converted into a winger, but we don't play four four two anymore. And I hate Moreno. <laughs> sure, of course you hate yeah, I I would hate Moreno too if I was a United fan. But um sure, maybe Teles the best way forward is to do a Gareth build and just plop him in like left wing or left mid. But going back wing to back, the game, man, like it kind of reminds me of watching Alonso play left back. It's just But you can't play five at the back with those centre backs, bro. Like that there's like no pace, like <laughs> they will get shredded. Like, do you not see them against Liverpool? They'll get shredded. Dude. But Varane, Varane wasn't back. Like, Varane didn't but, play. But Varane, like... Bailly could play I'm there, not, but... I'm not seeing... He's sure. been banished to the Shadow Realm. I feel like Bailly has just been, like... Every time United need a defender, they'll be like, oh, play Bailly, and then he plays, and then he's trash, and then he gets injured, <laughs> and then the cycle continues, so... I don't want to hear about Lindelof and Bailly anymore. Like, they're done. They had their shot. Mm-hmm. Just You guys are already In so much like Not debt But you guys have already So much sunk cost Just sink another 50 or 60 mil And actually get a proper Centre back Call it a day But Going back to the game um, I thought United Only woke up After They went 2-0 down That penalty Decision was also a bit bus- I've never seen a goal Kind of ruled out And then The penalty be awarded mm-hmm. At least not in a while So I thought that was Different. It was the correct call eventually, but um, it took a it took a long time. But anyway, Saka buries it. From that point on, you kind of worry for United. You kind of fear that um, Arsenal could be in the mood and really hurt them. But surprise, surprise, Cristiano like out of nothing, Matic with the cross of all people, and it's just killer. It's just a killer predatory instinct. Like it's really not that good of a cross, but he somehow manages to get in front of Ben White. And Ramsdale and just finish it off. And at that point, two one, Arsenal are hanging on a little bit with um I think ten minutes left in the first half. And um they don't go very close, but you could tell Arsenal very much are on the ropes. But the second half rolls along, and um, I mean, obviously of the two, I would rather Arsenal win. But I was like, oh man, this this looks like it could be curtains for Arteta because if they were to capitulate that way at home to United, the knives would have been out, especially after Spurs. I I don't think Spurs had played yet, a correction, but you had that penalty. I don't know what Tavares was doing. Dude was playing netball or something. 
And you have to... I, I don't know if you know the answer to this, but this is the second time we've seen it this season. I don't know why Fernandes is still the number one penalty taker. Like Ronaldo He was the captain for the scored. night, right? He was that captain for the true. night. Mm-hmm. Yes, but... but yeah, I I just think Ronaldo was in such good form, you know, like just let the man take it. He clearly had a point to prove. Why didn't um, Ronaldo try to claim it? That's that that's my question. I clearly he respect oh, clearly only... there's a hierarchy in terms of penalty taking, and he respected it. Um, okay, but in, I mean hindsight hindsight twenty twenty. But I just thought it was a no brainer for him to take it. Mm-hmm. Um. And United still had a couple more chances. I think Dalo forced a, a, a save out of Ramsdale. United were pressing. I thought they would have been good value for, for going 2-2, but um, then Granit Xhaka just bangs on in out of nowhere. And at 3-1, it was game over. You could tell the all the United players' heads dropped. Mm-hmm. They couldn't believe they were two goals down. And um, it's another, it's a massive win for Arsenal, and more twists and turns in his top four race. I swear, like every episode, right? <laughs> one team is like, we're saying, oh, this team is done, or we have a new hot favorite. So, like I said last week with Lionel and um, Nate, I'm not even gonna call the top four race anymore because it's just pointless at this moment. Yeah, um, I was watching this T4 video on. Literal, the literal title was What Has Rennick Done at United? So, uh, just a quick synopsis of oh, the I video. Oh, I thought it was, I, th- I thought it Has Rennick Make United Worse? Uh, they didn't really draw a foregone conclusion. He just, uh, actually, he did, in terms of, st- if you're a stats merchant, right? United, under Rennick, they have created um, better chances in the final third and have conceded, uh, I-, I mean, in terms of numbers, lah. I'm not talking about like in in the actual uh result itself, but they're defensively and better in in the defensive third and currently they're making they're creating more chances than they did under Ole in the final third. It's just that the finishing has been woeful and Conversion there's been rate, more right? individual mistakes. Yeah, but as a team they've been performing better. It's just that individually the mistakes are costing them. So, and. I don't know, Rangnick has been pretty vocal in his uh, press conferences lately about the summing up. Um, certain pl- certain players yeah, are trash. Yep, yep, certain yep. players are trash. Players are not If you read between the lines, yeah. Yeah, we're just, we're just um, making it easier for the listeners to understand like what Rangnick trying to say. There are clicks involved in, in the dressing room. There is no, there's no secret to I that. Mean, I mean, I heard there was a who was this? This was the pundit. Lingard, Lingard. Yeah, he kind of threw he threw Lingard under the bus. Yeah, no, he because said Lingard, Lingard Lingard told Scholes that um it was Scholes, right? Yeah, 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 that's right, that's right, that's right. Yeah, there's actually a. He said the, the, the dressing room is pretty fact. The quote yes. was the dressing room is a very toxic vibe, correct or atmosphere, and I was yeah. like, oh, Scholesy, that's kind of uh, you're not doing Lingard's <laughs> any favors here, but uh. So I Lingard mean, was the red. Lingard's a red man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's Maybe on the last. Are. He's on the last year of his con, like last few months of his last contract. Month, so why should yeah. he? Why should we care? He'll oh, just you're right. Facts. Scotch Earth, facts. man. Leave it. Leave it in facts. Scotch Earth. Mm. So I um, mean, since I we're can only imagine how 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 bad it would be. Yeah, but yeah, but uh, 
United Chelsea, man. What do you think? <laughs> uh, I was I was texting you earlier. Yeah. Uh, I, I, not you in particular. I think I was talking to BK more. Um, mm-hmm. I actually think this one's gonna end in a draw. Fair enough. I I think um, but just to I think Chelsea um, will dominate, but it's I I have a feeling it's gonna end one one. Just yeah, but just to be a, a little a little um stat merchant, we are actually yeah. we as in Chelsea. Actually, much better playing away from home than at home. Yeah, and United, they are actually been pretty bad at home compared to them playing away. I, so I I I agree. I, I everything points to everything points st- yeah. to Chelsea romping United, but but something just doesn't feel right. Right? Yet. Yeah, dude. <laughs> I thought Chelsea were gonna wipe the floor at Arsenal as well, but uh, I was wrong. But then um, again, they're not gonna wrong. play like Arsenal. Are gonna play Saar and Christensen every weekend, so you know, strike this off as a. Uh, I mean, like even then, it's <laughs> it's just baffles because Arsenal had gone three games without scoring, and then you go to Stamford Bridge and you score four. Albeit. Yeah, but Christensen and Saar were doing their best. That that is true. That is true. <laughs> but uh, yeah. I either way, I don't have a horse in this race. Um, I think Chelsea mm-hmm. are on holiday mode until the FA Cup final. I think Man United now are also on holiday mode after they lost to Arsenal. So, I just think it's it, gonna it be uh, kind of depends you know, like on 1-1. who who gives a shit more. <laughs> uh, that's United uh, that's have my met- point. I don't think Eddie. I don't think like I think Mount's gonna care. <laughs> but he might be rested as well because you know how Tuchel is, right? Two nah, games no, in a week. I, no, no, no. Like the the game, like there's four days between West Ham and United. <laughs> I, know, so. I know he's he's a triple captain, by the way. So <laughs> no, no, I'm not saying I'm low, because of that. I'm, I'm low key hoping I, he gets benched. I have there, there's a higher chance that Mounts gets gets rested against Everton than United because they're still a top six team, United. Ah, so yeah. Tuchel will yeah. definitely treat this game more seriously. Compared to the match against Everton, like I expect wholesale changes. It's also just changes. nice to get one over United. Plus, you know, isn't Ragnick like he's creator or something? <laughs> like the student beating the teacher, right? Mm. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Like, I just that's why, I don't that's know. why it screams ball zero zero draw. <laughs> it's just sure, sure. Like I, I will probably put a few um, bucks on one. I don't, one, I don't want to watch it. Like I really, don't I really watch don't. It, bro. <laughs> <laughs> don't watch it. Don't. It's like what three a.m. Right? Yeah, dude. It's just not. Yeah, don't don't do it, bro. It's not well for my soul. If I did it because like every <laughs> match counts, and <laughs> at least I got to see us win four 0 out of it. But I don't think you guys are gonna quite romp as much as that. But we'll see. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, with that, right? Let's <laughs> let's let's wrap up fraud watch and call this yep, one a yep. night. So many mm. nominees for Fraud Watch this week. Too Where many, to begin? Man. Do you want Where to start with yours? Oh, wait, no, I'm just going to put Teles in. Just, you just go straight into it. Like. Easy, right? Yeah, yeah. put Teles in, sure. Put Teles um, in. Because, because of what I said, he's basically worse than Alonso when it comes to defending and it's pretty hard to top doesn't that. Doesn't score uh. as much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah dude. It's the, the bar yeah, isn't Alonso got set. an assist, man, as well. Yeah, but, but uh, we are rating defending, dude. Oh, put yeah, Alonso in the back four and he's just he's just lost just, yeah mm. um, I gotta go with uh, Richarlison just <laughs> that that was fraudulent as I've seen a striker play dude but in terms of hold up play I think he did well man like he did what um, did he do like, no he did I he feel did like, pretty well dude yeah 
Like I'm maybe I'm, I'm just having I'm judging it. Memories. I'm judging it without um any dark tinted glasses or. Yeah, I'm just judging Why it as I'd a say that is um. He really ran the risk, man, because you know that, that thing we talked about earlier of him being down for what felt like a minute? Mm-hmm. If Liverpool had scored from that, right, dude, uh-huh, uh, yeah, yeah. he would have That's been right. crucified. So he owes Alan one. <laughs> or is it, no, he owes Ducore the Corre. The um, Corre, yeah. Speaking of Alan, I think Alan has regressed immeasurably since he signed for Everton. Remember, we were gassing him up, rightfully yep, so. Yep. He was like. Probably Premier, Premier League Player of the Month at one point. Dude, this shows but how good Ancelotti was, man. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And yesterday, like he was a passenger, bro. I think there was a stat saying he had two touches, and both of them were from kickoffs. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. like, <laughs> also Everton had fifteen percent possession, so I mean, there's they didn't. They there is playing a low play block, football, but dude. like fifteen. Come on, dude, it's not football. even like they were down to ten men. You know. Wait, did the Atletico and City one was it ninety two to eight percent? What was it? Or was <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think that's actually possible. <laughs> ninety two. No, there was a certain. I, I there was a check. certain point of of the match. Can, my bro can showed you me. Che- okay, yeah, maybe maybe there's uh, a screenshot. There's a certain point of the match, yeah. Yeah, it was the like whole, the match as a whole. I don't think that's ever possible. <laughs> um, but yeah, fifteen percent possession, Everton, like, bruh football terrorism. Man. I just can't. Yes. I couldn't <laughs> believe it, man. But um, <laughs> yeah, Pickford and Richarlison both get a nomination. Pickford, I understand. Like, you just doing. I thought you could. I thought you should have been booked. Um, time wasting way too often. Thought the referee was really lenient. But uh, I mean, Allison trolling him was just the chef's kiss. So uh, all is well in the world, at least for this weekend. But um, yeah, man, really, really bizarre matches this who, weekend. But who, also wait, wait, who are you guys? Entertaining. Who are you guys up against this weekend? Liverpool are up against oh the, Newcastle, uh, man. Yeah, Newcastle. Ooh. Yeah, playing the real Newcastle. Not gonna be easy, man. Damn. Chris Wood, man. More Joel like Linton, um, man. Oh my Bruno Guimaraes coming bro. into form. Yeah, the, Gimara, the best, yeah. the best Bruno in the league. The irony is that he might not, he might not even play against us. Why not? Because how kind of has been like picking and choosing when he plays. I don't think oh. he's played every game since. Okay. Um, and he might want mm. to maybe use him as an impact sub. I don't know, mm. but I'm sure Newcastle will put up more of a fight than both Everton and Man United did, but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah man Yeah Looking forward to Chelsea 1 United 1 <laughs> Jeez man This Oh well Let's say about that Game the better And we didn't even talk about The UCL Very quickly Before oh, yeah. we wrap up um, oh, crap. Just quick Quick prediction mm. City Real Madrid First leg Who's playing at home? Uh, I believe Real Madrid are playing at home Uh, will check that I know Liverpool Play at home in the first leg, yeah, <clears throat> I I would expect. Why don't we start with Liverpool, uh, Liverpool, Villarreal? Yeah, Real, um, like you mean City are playing at home. City play like, at home first. Like who's gonna advance out of the two, or just eh, first, first leg, leg? First leg just predictions. First leg. We'll we'll milk this. <laughs> uh, Liverpool at home to Villarreal, two 0 I think Villarreal get a goal. You know, I think it really? could be like two, two one or two, two one Liverpool. Hmm. Okay. Even three feels a bit 
generous. I but don't Gerard Moreno won't play, so that's a big oh. boost for Liverpool. Then then that's Villarreal not scoring then. <laughs> one I mean, one nil one nil to to Liverpool, man. One nil. One nil. Okay. Mm. I I, that, I think that's a decent shout. Um, what about City Madrid? City are playing away, right? They're playing. Uh, they play at home uh, in the first leg. Etihad. Yeah, Etihad first leg. Oh, Madrid's defense has not been Sus. watertight. Yeah. I I think that ends one one, bro. Really? I don't know what's with me and one mm. ones. I I think. I think it's all to play for at the Bernabeu in the second leg. I think Madrid will struggle, but they will come away with something from the Etihad. The thing is, Ancelotti, he's an astute manager, but he doesn't park. So, I think and City I, I don't, win it. I don't I, think parking is the best way to beat City. Yep. Mm-hmm. You have to go toe-to-toe with them, like, yeah, like how like Southampton did. Give something to think about, you know, yeah. yeah. 3-1 to City. <laughs> yeah, sure, yeah. There yeah. we go. 3-1 mm. to City and Benzema to uh, probably get one, get a goal for Madrid. But um, yeah. yeah, with that, glad to have our throwback episode. It's not been me and Sash for a while, but uh, once again, talked everyone's ears off. Uh, hopefully next week. Actually, next week we might not have a pod because it's a long weekend, but we'll see. We'll see, depending on what happens in the world of football. But uh, yeah, thanks again, Sash. And thanks again, everyone, for listening. Don't forget, follow us at The Full Kit Banter on Instagram. And yeah, we'll see you in the next episode. Take care.